That's high praise. Well, welcome to the Salonomics podcast, everyone, where we spend the whole show talking about Joe's rounds of golf. No, no, no. Broadcasting from Essex, it's the 9th of September, and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $46,550. One dollar gets you 2,150 sats. I am your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair, Amanda Holden, yeah. Joe Mehmet. <laughs> where where did you get Amanda Holden from, mate? Go on, I would have thought... I have you, no idea. You, you, no idea, mate. She's she's trending on Twitter. Do you want me to tell you why she's trending on Twitter? <laughs> I've got no interest, but I'm sure some of our listeners would be intrigued to find out why she's trending. Okay, well, I'll tell you right now. So, Amanda Holden is trending on Twitter because she has a new TV show. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, and is this sort of like her, her fans? Is this her PR company? Is this a television production company? I mean, who's interested in Amanda Holden? Seriously, you know, someone, respectably, a normal person would be interested in her. No idea, but it looks like she has a new show starting on E4. Uh, so there's a free advert for Amanda Holden there if you're a, a big Amanda I, Holden fan. I would have fan. thought you would have said, and, and from that North London, my ray of sunshine, Joe Mellick, because it's sunny outside. It's gorgeous. It I mean, it's, yeah. you know, do you know what I mean? I would have thought I'd be your ray of sunshine, but now you call me Amanda Holden instead. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Wait, go away, you. The dog's just come up to my table. Well, as long as he don't snore, well, he's all right. Well, he's come up to the table, but he will snore. Mm. Okay. So then, Joe Mehmet, um, have you missed me or something? Like, we haven't seen you for two weeks. What's been going on well, in, in your world? It, well, for some strange reason, I've been really busy. Uh, All right, on the golf course. No, no, I did play golf last week. I've got to say, right, yeah, I've got to give a shout to my brother. Not that he listens to my po- our podcast, right, my elder brother, because he, he, he doesn't listen to anything. But I've got to sort of say, Herman, right, he played one of the best shots I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you know, we, we all see golf shots, right, on television, and we play some great golf shots when you and me play together. But in all the years of me playing golf with my brother, with you, anybody in my life, right? Um, and I haven't played with a lady professional many years ago, right? In this pro-am thing many years ago. Um, he played, I've got to sort of say, the best shot I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Wow. Um, That's high praise. Well, welcome to the Salonomics podcast, everyone, <laughs> where we spend the whole show talking about Joe's rounds of golf. No, no, no. I've got to say, I'm sure he, that's. He, he played this iffy um, tee shot, right? And he, he went to the right. left, yeah. And the, and there's this yeah. massive tree, which is about sort of 50 yards in front of him. And and I played a really good drive. So he, he said to me, "What do you think I should do?" I said, "Well, you've got to go for it." I said to him because, look, I'm there for one, so I'm just going to chip it in, yeah, for at least a a, a par a par. You go birdie par, but a, a par thing. Anyway, it, it took is you know Herman's a lefty, right? He plays from right to left anyway. And he played his shot right and he just went round the tree, round the bunkers and everything, and he just landed, just short of the green, and it just sort of like ended up three feet away from about two hundred and twenty yards shot. 
from right to left. Thrilling. Yeah. Anyway, that's Herman for I'll you. Give him a round of applause. I think so. Well done, anyway, yeah. So I've been really busy. Look, yeah. Back to the show. I've been really look. The, the thing is, right? I've been really busy. Normally, when I'm working, I give you a call during the daytime as well, where we have a chit chat about what's going on in the world events uh, in the car, right? But I've been riding my motorbike as well. So again, I just haven't had time to talk to you or catch up with anything, really. Yeah, no hands-free kit, no. I suppose, on that beast, no, is it? Exactly. That was just a very old bike, so like, you know, it's all. So, um, so yeah. So I, literally, we, I actually been out of touch with everything that's been going on in your life, uh, and, and and so on, fourth type of thing. Mm. So, so yeah. So I suppose we have got a lot to catch up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I um, think of you on your bike. Maybe you should get one of those bikes that you see the Hell's Angels driving. They're more like kind of trikes, but they almost like have a car stereo oh, in oh, there. The free, Do you know what I mean? The if you see them, the three wheeler, yeah. and they don't need a crash helmet, and then they can have you know the podcast or or me on loudspeaker coming out the stereo yeah, with, while with, you're with driving fat, down the seafront. Big fat lumps, or like you know, when he's all like you know, sitting in it with his big fat lump behind him. Now, not disrespected, but I've got no respect for him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's two wheels or get lost. Exactly. Right? You know, I mean, you have a oh, sort of like you, you, you have a sort of do it or you don't do it. Don't pretend you're a sort of like a, a biker with three wheels, mate. That's not a bike at all. It's a trike. Sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. Um, so uh, I have been uh, beavering away in your absence over the last couple of weeks. I've been making connections, Joe. I've been uh, talking to distributors. I've even had a conversation with a, a, another salon software company uh, about Go Salon. Oh yeah, who's this? Um, which has been quite interesting. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name drop them. Well, you don't um, want to give them. A, you don't want to give like a shout. Quite, no, no, they haven't paid us. You know, they they haven't pressed the button on the PayPal. Can I guess link, it? So no, I don't. You don't. You don't want to guess it either. No, it's just, just look. It's, it's point. Look, it's no point right, me right. Um, playing these these games okay. because, like I say, I'm talking to a lot of people about Go Salon. So every week I'm having to, you know, build more Go Salons for new hairdressers that are coming online. And that's. Uh, but I've noticed there's a there's a bit of a change in the air because. People are slowly starting to get it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm still having to explain it to people, but once they get it, you know, you see that penny drop, mate. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So uh, I'm very bullish on Go Salon. Uh, I've been working really hard, you know, on the website, changing the colours, you know, trying to do all like little bits and bobs. Um, but also, um, you sent me in my messages the application form for Dragon's Den, so yes, I wanted to talk to you about that. Go um, yeah, yes, because my brother, my brother came round here on Monday and he was doing a little bit of work for us, uh, and it turns out he's applied for Dragon's Den as well because my brother's a bit of an inventor. That's right. Uh, he invents like lots of uh, tools because he's a plasterer by trade, so he's he's building tools in his industry to like make his job easier. Uh, and me and him are very similar, you see, because I'm obviously building tools for hair and beauty people to make their, their life easier and earn a bit more money. So you're a very so, inventive family. Yeah, I guess so. I never really thought of that before. I just thought everyone kind of did this. Do you know what I mean? I just thought everyone, like, it's everyone's nature to, like, identify a problem and try and solve it yeah. somehow, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, so basically... Um, I've got the application form in front of me, mate. Um, I, and are you going to do wanted it? Wanted to go through. I, I, even though I'm reluctant to do it, 
I think you're probably right, you know, because you're talking to me about, you know, having... It, I, tell, why don't you explain to everyone your formula, your formula, because you, you, you basically put a formula onto... This is the numbers you got to go into Dragon's Den if you don't want the dragons to invest but right. use them as an advertising yeah. piece. I mean, Why look, don't you explain it, it's your very theory? simple, right? Yeah, you, you, you go, you go, to, it's a, a two prong attack. Well, it's not a two prong attack, but we've got, we've got two mindset, right? There's, yeah. there's people who go in there, right, who just simply want to promote their uh, product, okay? They've got no interest yeah. in investments, they've got no interest in, um, in getting some Dragon's Den's going to tell them how to do. What they yeah, it's just a bit of free marketing. Right. Okay, right? so so and you know, and BBC right, it, it's it's a powerful medium. You know what I mean? Because mm. they they actually sell like show programs all over the world. Okay, so you got that exposure. So you go in there with um, how do you how do you piss them off for a start? Right, one one thing when you go to Dragon's Den, right, they're never gonna say to you, oh bugger off, go away, right? They would they would sort of get down to nitty gritty. They would get down to numbers. Okay, so you go in there, mm. sort of saying, hi, I'm Aaron Doyle, I've got this go stand up, blah blah blah, etc. etc. and I'm offering five percent shares for one hundred fifty thousand pounds. Um, investment for immediately right they're going to switch off immediately they're going to switch off they're not interested in five percent 150,000 pounds that yeah. that is their um, in, in, in their um, pattern because I've been watching Dragon yeah. Dance for years and years now right and sure and they all switch off but they all ask questions still because they have to they all, yeah. you know what I mean and so what they do they sort of, they, they systematically take it in turns. I mean, they must have had a pre-planned um, arrangement, right? Who asks the questions first? Who says this? Who says that? And they will politely say no, one way or another, all right? Mm. And if they really, 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 because they have done it a couple of times, I must admit, um, where sort of like the, uh, the, the, um, the, the pitch, right? They wanted like over 100,000 pounds for like one percent, right? If they're really mm. serious, Aaron, they really want it. They would, they would, they negotiate. They would negotiate for that money, right? Yeah. So if you're going to say five percent, they would negotiate about ten percent, right? So you still yeah. got the majority, all right? Now, if you go in there, sort of saying, right, I, I want thirty thousand pounds for twenty-five percent, they're all biting your hands off. They're going to be all biting mm. your hands off, right? And then, uh, sure. but what they would do. They would criticize your product, but they could improve it. They would sort of say, well, I've got this team, I've got this team, I've got this, I've got this, and I would give you this, I would give you that. But for, for my time, for my expertise, I want 40%. Right. So what's the number then? What's the number that I've got to go in where I don't scare them off? Like, less, what's the ratio? What's the formula? No, it's not scaring them off, right? You don't want... Do you want an investor? That's the question. I don't know. I mean, it's a very different... Right. I was listening to a podcast, um, Tim Ferriss' podcast. He interviewed Sir James Dyson yesterday. Yeah. James Dyson apparently is the uh, richest Brit in the world. Okay. Um, well, you know, well, more than Radcliffe then. Paula Radcliffe. Not Paula. She there, that there's that guy, Radcliffe, who did that biochemical stuff or whatever it was. Uh, look, before you take me off on another tangent, can I just finish my yeah, point? So, so James, so James Dyson is—he um, obviously invented Dyson hair dryer, and he's invented the vacuum cleaner, and you know the air blades, and all these amazing things. And and he articulated really beautifully and really succinctly my state of mind at the moment. 
when he first like had his first invention, he had investment into his product, and it never sat well with him because what he said, he said the problem with having shareholders is that they're buy- you have to listen to them. Mm. You know, when they buy into the company, you then have to listen to him. James, because James, uh, Sir James Dyson had solved the problem of a a, a, a bag, bag, bagless, bagless uh, sorry, a bagless vacuum. Yeah. He was so convinced in his in his vision, he didn't need to take advice because he'd solved the problem. Like what he'd solved was irrefutable. Yes. So when he went into setting up the company Dyson Vacuum Cleaners. He had, he public he sorry he privately owned that entire company simply because his vision and conviction was so strong that he didn't want the investment. Right. So so this is my thing. I'm like, yeah, well I've solved the problem, so I don't need to know how to make it better. And do you know what I mean? Yes. I don't need to know any of that. And and obviously that's what investors bring. So, so when you ask me the question, do I want investors? I will refer you to James Dyson, which is, you know, have courage in your conviction well, and just, you know, go forward and, and you there, know. There is that, no but there, there's, there's two types of investors, right? One, you, you're not looking mm. for input. You're not looking for a, a product input, right? Because like you said, you solve the problem. But what you want, right, is more of a silent partner. Someone who can, who sort of says, is some money for X amount of shares. Mm. And you just have to um, fulfil your obligations, which is yeah, re- return that maybe. money back. To, uh, free maybe, fold, but he fold. also said he also said you know there there be, there came a pressure with that you know which um, he he didn't he wasn't comfortable with either. So yeah, look, pressure. like I say, uh, this is James Dyson. This is the richest guy in Britain. This is how he did it. You know, there's plenty of ways to skin a cat at the end of the day. But like I say, that he articulated my reluctance yeah. to go down that road. If that but makes no, but sense, I think, you know. but I think you should go on purely because it's it's mm. going to be the best form of advertisement. Look, yeah. they're going to record a show tomorrow, and it come out in three to six months' time. All right. Oh look, there's no denying that that Dragon's Den is the beginning of most people's careers. I mean, look at my friend uh, Angie, um, who went on there to get investment in her vintage patisserie. Yeah. It made her a household name overnight, and then five years later, she's got her own TV show, Escape to the Chateau. Exactly. You know, exactly. with Dick Strawbridge and all there's of that. that Do you know what I mean? That all came. From, yeah, that all came from one TV yeah, appearance. Yeah, it is so, the guy with Tangled Teaser. Well, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, so yeah. There's no denying that that is an amazing uh, opportunity. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it, I, and you know, anyway, I'll report I, I, back. I I'll think you should. I think happens. you should put the application. Look, they might reject you anyway, right? They might for sure. You know what I mean, they might reject your for idea. Sure. So. Yeah. yeah, but for me, I just feel it's like practicing how to get the message out well, there and distill well, that and, message. And this is it matters. as well, sir. But by actually putting an application in, right? If, if the BBC yeah. thinks, yeah, hey, there's something that we can um, have on our program, then it's a good sign as well, you see? Mm. You know what I mean? Then you've got. Yeah. Right? I, I tell you a little story because my brother was supposed to go on Dragon's Den. Oh, this probably was about 15 odd years ago when he invented the standby plug. Yeah. Uh, and because it was interesting because my brother probably would have done really well had he gone on Dragon's Den but they vetoed him at the last minute because literally a week before he was supposed to go and film Dragon's Den he uh, appeared on a a Sky show which was a similar inventors program kind of thing 
Uh, he won first prize on that show, and because he'd been on Sky, the BBC vetoed him. They said, uh, no, you can't come on our show now. So, um, so yeah, so there's that. There, there is that, that thing. So, yeah, um, that, which is an interesting Dragon's Den-related story. But, um, anyway, enough of all that, mate. I think we should move on. GoSalon automates your retail process. We connect you and your client to a distributor online that will fulfill your order and send it direct to your customer. This enables all of our users to earn commission without any extra work. It's that simple. Sign up today, gosalon.uk. There was a, there was an article in LinkedIn, right, that I actually wanted to get involved with because it's quite interesting. It's something that we've talked about for many, many years ourselves, and, and it's, it even came to a highlight last year or so during the pandemic. And it, it's you know our our good friend, she uh, she posted something on LinkedIn, and it's quite interesting. Um, so like um, comments she put, uh, which was, how do you define a hairdresser? Right. And my, my, my idea of a hairdresser has always been and will always be someone who attests to their hair. That's all. Nothing more, nothing else. So what what um, what you saw, like how the hairdressers see themselves beyond that is, is up to their own pigmentation of their imagination type of thing, right? In, in, uh, you know, sort of figment of their imagination type of thing. So, for, for me, a hairdresser is someone who just attends hair. It could be for a haircut, it could be for a blow dry, it could be for a set, whatever. That's how you define a hairdresser. Anything else doesn't really, doesn't need to be explained. I think it's, it's all like, so what she was sort of like, I couldn't reply to the comment, as you know, because, um, you know, so like, I'm not in her connections to, to sort of make a comment because the only people who saw like a comment uh, in her in sort of like connections. So I didn't understand. She was going about L'Oreal, how L'Oreal sort of like changed the definition of salon to hairdresser. That I don't really understand where she came from in many ways. It, it's not a goat. It doesn't affect me whatsoever because I'm a hairdresser. You know what I mean? So I, I, that's how I see myself. I don't see myself as a salon. I don't see myself as a businessman. I don't see myself as an entrepreneur, whatever. I'm a hairdresser. Yeah, people will ask you, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like when you meet someone new, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm a hairdresser. Yes, exactly. Oh, where do you work? Exactly. Do you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. As if like hairdresser actually needed definition. Everyone can understand what hairdresser means, right? Yeah. It, 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 the, only, the, only, the only thing that ever changes is, you know, where you work, right? That's right. Really, so it's not it's not something that's on my goal or anything like that. But it's just quite interesting, I think, how the industry, uh, the narratives that's coming out with all these uh, sort of like salon owners and hairdressers and things like that. I mean, even recently there was these sort of like hair awards. I mean, how can you have hair awards in twenty twenty one in the pandemic? Yeah, well, people adapt and they change the rules slightly, and you know, and and you know, everyone's had to adapt over the last year. But let's go back to the Eleanor thing before we go on another ta tangent. Um, so what I don't understand with the post is how she has linked L'Oreal to you know a couple of other online hair courses right because obviously this is this is the um the trend of the day right everyone's doing their own online courses right 
Uh, I, I think Michael Saylor come out with something like, unless you're the best in the world at something, um, there's kind of no point doing doing all of that because people will just radiate to the best person at delivering something. If you've got the most knowledge in, I don't know, history, people will make that uh, qualification through that history teacher the best qualification in the world with, with regards to history. You know, yeah. it will... It will, it will, like, like uh, Harvard, it will basically, yeah, it will, uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, exactly. Like a came, like a degree at Cambridge, you know, is obviously a lot better than a degree at, you know, another provincial, yeah. you know, yeah. university. People automatically like add a certain status to things. And so, what I don't understand is she's got this definition of um, our mission is to support all hairdressers, and her beef is, you know, L'Oreal replaced the word salon with hairdressers. Yeah. Now, I don't see, I, you know, that's one thing or another, and we can talk about, you know, changing definitions, because for the last two years, that's all that seems to have happened in, in, the, greater, in the greater worldwide, you know, news. But don't you think, Joe, if L'Oreal decided to come out and give a L'Oreal degree, that is going to be, in the public's eyes, probably going to be worth more than a degree handed out by exactly. a, a particular college. Uh, we, we've talked, you know, a, a Google, like, let yeah. me let me extrapolate that more. Google are doing exactly the same. Amazon are doing exactly the same. Let me link it back to James Dyson. James Dyson has just started his own engineering university. Really, really? Do you think, to Joe Public, I've got my degree in engineering from the James Dyson University, he's going to look a lot better to people from a PR perspective than I got my degree from the, I don't know, enter your, you know, university yeah, degree Yeah, North London College Is of Special Education or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, higher national diploma in engineering from, you know, su su such and such a qualification. So, like I say, and then she's linked the L'Oreal thing with not putting Salon into, you know, a couple of Groupon uh, hairdressing courses or you know which are online which are you know obviously cheap as chips and that they have no real value to them apart from you know that bit of paper that's handed out now if we're to, if we're looking at ranking all of these qualifications like I say I would put the Google Google bringing out their own six-month university course you know get a degree in Google do you know what I mean? That's going to be much higher than any computer science degree yes. that you could take at a college or a university. Well, but I think, I think this, so this, is, this, is the this is the way the world's no, going, right. is my if, point. If, well, I took the words out of my mouth. I think this is the problem yeah. that the industry, and we talk about our industry, doesn't seem to grasp, right, is that it, it has to change. We, we, we've been said it for such a long time now that the industry has to change, and yet they don't want to be part of the change. They really do not, yeah. they want the same old status quo because once once change happens, right, you have to restructure, okay? Now, if, if you have to restructure, then everything you believed in before, you have to sort of put that aside and, and go into a different direction. Now, L'Oreal obviously has got a big uh, PR company, human resources, all these people to sort of do so. Yeah, huge budgets, yeah, right? Exactly. Huge marketing And all budgets. these big conglomerate countries, um, companies that could do it small independent ones can't do it but what they can do they could take a bit out of it they could support it enhance it and it and then say let's work with it and and i think that's what i find the industry really really um again quite negative 
Well, they're quite. Uh, yeah, they're not very good at grasping these no. new concepts uh, and changing the way the way they work. It's, it's a status quo thing, isn't it? 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 Is. It's you know being against change and, thing, and stuff like one that. One thing I've got to say about L'Oreal, right? They've probably sort of seen something in the industry that we've been seeing for many years, Aaron. That they've probably mm. seen the standard of hairdressing in this country pretty poor, pretty. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? And they think, you know what, right? Unless we do something ourselves, we're going to lose a, 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 a chunk of the market because people are going to be, well, they, they know this already, right? People are not going to sales like they used to. Right? Mm. People are buying online a, a, a more so. People are doing their own hairs. Yeah. So, Lois picked, picked this all up, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Anyway, look, if anyone of you out there has any thoughts or feelings about this, um, get involved that's in right, the conversation. Right. We'll add the link to the Telegram channel, Salonomics, um, to search for Salonomics on Telegram. Also, if you go to salonomics.com, um, you'll be able to give um, a shout-out or throw someone under a bus, send us a note, um, anything you want us to mention during the show. Because, yeah, we're getting quite an audience these days, Joe. I'm getting some um, nice feedback from people. Oh, yeah, please, um, tell, tell, tell me more. And guess what? Well, we got our first... We got our first donation, didn't we, via the Podcast 2.0 apps, where someone sent us some Bitcoin, along with a Boostergram message. Woo! Really? Yeah, okay. honest. Okay. Do you want me to read yeah, it? Yeah, so basically, well, that, that's, yeah, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, give, give her a shout or him a shout. So it's from a fellow podcaster called Kyrian. And basically, he says, um, Hey, Joe, Aaron, I enjoyed tuning into your show and hearing about the random tangents you go on. I think that's more aimed at you, <laughs> that bit, Joe. Uh, mixed with some structure, it was a fun experience for me. Here's some sats as a thanks for that value. And he sent us 1,123 Satoshis. Right, let me have a guess. Um, let me have a guess how much that is. Right. Let me have a guess that. 5p. 50 cents. Which is a half a dollar. 50 cents. Yeah, half a dollar. Uh, okay, so a pound. Well, one dollar is what? 80p? Yeah. Well, well, when he sent it, it was 50 cents. After uh, the price fall from yesterday, it's probably now only worth 40 cents. But hey, you know, don't let... Don't let that. Well, that well, annoy well, you. But well, yeah, well, so, so I'd recommend anyone out there go to newpodcastapp.com, check out our podcast index, uh, podcastindex.org forward slash new apps. All of these new podcasting apps that are decentralized, they are being built by, you know, small, small companies, small individual companies are building these softwares, and they're a much richer experience. You see the pictures come across, there's clips, there's show notes, all works through a podcast player, and the podcasting 2.0 ones even enable you to send us boostergrams direct through the app so as you're listening to something you can press a button that sends us like you know a hundred satoshis um and you know basically it means we get the message and we can relay it on to other people or you can just say hi you know so that's a, a way that you can support the show yeah right good shout mate well well said well said well said so people so, uh, just so get yeah, out so there and good. party away yeah definitely well support the show yeah. Because basically, unlike any other industry broadcast, Joe Mehmet, Salonomics has decided to be a solely listener-supported production. This means the listeners contribute to the show 
both financially and through volunteering. If you feel you're getting value from this show, please help us by becoming a supporter and passing the word that Salonomics is the only show which shares your passions and airs your grievances, especially in the hair and beauty industry. Your contributions help us to continue to bring the content that no other creators can dare to. So if you want to shout out to get something off your chest in an anonymous way, critique a colleague, burn a bridge or throw someone under a bus, make sure you send us a note via PayPal or email and we reserve the right to say what we want. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Perfect. So anyway, so salonomics.com if you want to get involved in that part of the show. There, there was this um, thing that uh, we, we talked about previously couple of weeks ago right um mm. scandals in in the hairdressing is scandals yes it, hang on scandals yeah we do love a scandal and i mean i was privy in in privy in the fact that i was there with one of the greatest scandals in hairdressing history as far as i know and mm. you know i know the people involved you know alan moss michael Rowland, harley muse or leslie muse whatever and and the and the people that were the the players they were the they were the protagonists and the people that benefited from all this right were like helen wall so what was it who, who are they like, uh, explain who are these people sort of like um sort of like they were hairdressers right who, okay so this is a hairdressing this scandal was, yeah, this right because you i think because you asked me a question you? your daughter asked you a question didn't she you would ask you would ask that question uh, well, no. She was just saying, um, Dad, why don't you, why don't you highlight examples of actual real life scandals that have happened and explain the stories right. behind them, what happened, who won, who lost, etc., right. etc. Et and I, I thought that was a really good it's idea. A, it's, it's a very good idea. Everyone loves a scandal. And, and I think I explained it to you in, in our, when our first podcast, saw like with the the Alan Paul situation. Now, though I was there. I was, I seen that. Was there money involved, there, Joe? There, like, you know, we need a headline. Well, we need a headline. Well, see, What's the headline? Well, this is it, right? This, you know, Alan Poorup floated on the stock market. Okay. Right. You know, this was in. Uh, what year is this? Okay. They, they started becoming big noise in the eight, late 80s, right? And I think about okay. 1990. I think it was about 1990. All right. 1990 was something like that when, when the whole thing collapsed. In a short period of time, right, they amassed this sort of like fantastic portfolio of hairdress salons. And, and, and the mm. flagship salon that they got, right, was they were Daniel, okay? And that, wow. you, you, you know what I mean? Because, you know, they, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, right, they, they got suspended. They, they, their um, portfolio got suspended on the stock market. Next minute, they're in prison. Next minute, it gets all sentences. Next minute, you know, I saw like Helen Ward takes over. Neville Daniel with Richard Ward. You know, do you know what I mean? And they kept the name going. You know, Neville Daniel for a few years. Uh, wow. uh, and, and so, you know, so Neville, well, Daniel became Daniel Hutchison. Neville became Neville Tucker. You, you know what I mean? And and I was... So 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 what happened well, then? This how, how, how did this empire collapse? Well, this is it, right? You know, I could allegedly say what happened sure but i'm not 100 percent sure of i know what happened you know it was it, did you it was, use it was, did it you use fraud. google was there anything yeah. did you do any research i did i've been it. trying to research right into sort of like the, the court case you know, do you know what I mean? because i'm mm. trying to trying to get the manuscript from a court case 
because then I know exactly what happened. I know there was fraud involved because hence why they got done for um, fraud, the scam, all right? Because, you know, mm. a scam is fraud, right, in many ways. Right? No, hence why they got oh. so many years. And I believe one one of the um, the, 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 the protagonists died anyway, Michael Rowling, he, he's dead anyway. So uh, right. before I... So you can't offend him. I, yeah, and I don't want to be that those kind of, you know, the dead can't, they, they can't speak type of, type of thing. So I don't want to take mm. advantage to just say, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. Sure, sure, sure. I've, I've been really rattling my brain for about two days prior to me getting really busy on Google to, to sort of try and find exactly how they did it. And there's no breadcrumbs at all. No, there's no. nothing. There's, there's the wow. there's a court That's case. Interesting. There's you know, you know, they, they, all yeah. this came up right, and all the list of directors that was involved with the company, Alan Paul, all right. Yeah. Uh, but as to how they did it, it's it's still a mystery. But I will continue. Wow. I mean, my wife gave me a good idea, right? Is actually to sort of like, mm. if I could find out the court, um, what, what what court they were in, what day, what year, blah blah. blah then you can actually yeah. sort of go, go through their archives in that, that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm intrigued already um, to find out what all that's about. Maybe we should ask the audience, if there's anybody out there that knows anything about Alan Paul and, and you yes. know, this scandal that happened, if you can shed any light on it for us, we'd be really, really interested in you um, pinging us a message that's via right. our socials uh, or whatever. Yeah, but, but also, like, you know, if we saw, like, you know, on Google search, right, you saw, like, um, you're putting keywords, right? You know, it's something that's very hard to find uh, a scams or fraud in our industry. It mm. really doesn't happen. Well, they, I mean, that's from 20 plus years ago as well. So, you know, that was from a time before the internet. So it's going to be quite rare for you to find those kind of things online. Yeah. Um, because, like I say, it, you know, uh, those things, uh, the internet wasn't around for all those things to be documented. Right. All. So right. this is probably why it's quite important for us to bring it up now as a... You know, by the sounds of it, it sounds like a pretty huge um, business because it's not like there's many hairdressing businesses that get listed on the stock exchange, is well, it? Well, no, not I mean? at all. So, from it. And, yeah, yeah. Public limited company and all that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it would be really yeah, interesting. Can I tell you a scandal from today? Right. I've got a scandal from today. Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, and this, is, this links to our under the bus uh, section of the show. Um, basically... I was flicking through the latest hairdresser's journal, mate. And what I found really interesting with HJ is, you know, for years they were the go-to publication. You know, it's where all of our um, awards pictures, you know, British Hairdresser of the Year, it's all done and sponsored through, through that actual magazine, right? Well, I've got a problem with their quality control because... I discovered this, there was this helping with hair loss article. And you can go to the latest, you know, it's, I think it's all online as well, even though they still send me the physical magazine. And I enjoy watching, I enjoy reading it. I enjoy looking at all the pictures that come out of it. You know, it kind of keeps my toe into what's actually going on in the industry, right? Anyway, I couldn't believe the garbage that was written in this 
in this article. And it turns out it was a, it was an advertorial anyway. And, and, and I've explained what an advertorial is. It's where a company basically pays to have something advertised in the thing. But it's done in an informative way. So they're kind of teaching you. But the, the one goal of this article is to, to promote the product range. Now, I'm not going to promote the product range. But I'm just going to say it's probably one of the biggest, most famous hair trichological companies there is. Right? Can you believe what they said? And I quote, um, Hair loss can occur for a number of reasons. And while it should be diagnosed and treated as a medical condition by a GP or trichologist, hairdressers are often the first port of call when clients notice changes. That's true. Yeah. Not a problem. Not a problem with that whatsoever. My problem was with... The article went on to talk about how you can increase... You, the amount of hair in your head. And it essentially argued to stop eating meat <laughs> and eat carbs. Now, as we all know, hair is 97% carbohydrate. So it completely makes sense, right, that you would eat carbohydrates. It, it, to, is it carbohydrate? hair was protein. I'm being facetious, oh, Joe okay. Mehmet. Oh, hair, we all know, is 97% protein. Yeah. So if you want to have more hair on your head, you'd think... By eating protein, yes. scientifically speaking, that would give you a much better position to grow hair from if your body is abundant of protein, yeah. right? Yeah. Not according to this anti-science expert. He says you've got to eat carbs, bread, rice, pasta <laughs> to increase your hair growth. At the same time, sort of put on... Well, you don't really put on weight, but you get bloated, don't you? So... So you can't win. I mean, come on. So consider the source, people, right? Wow. If Hairdresser's Journal aren't going to look into this article and go, well, no, hang on, that can't be right, and they print it anyway, Yeah. like, what's the point? Yeah. What is the point? Like, how dumb do they genuinely think we are that we go, oh, yeah, that's the art, that's why I'm... That's why I'm losing me hair. It's severe lack of carbohydrate in my system. I mean, what a load of garbage. So, like I say, I mean, it's a serious subject for anyone, you know, probably 30 plus, right? You know, hair loss creates lack of confidence, lowers self-esteem, all of these things. And you've got these paid idiots basically encouraging hair loss by telling you to... Ignore protein, eat more bad beige carbs in order to cure it. Because, look, let's face it, what's his goal? His goal is for more people to buy hair loss products, right? So, like I say, I think, personally, that's a scandal. Trust no one. And, you know, good night. I just think that's awful. Hairdresser's journal, I mean, come on. It, they, they, it should, they should be embarrassed, really. And, and, and it, that is embarrassing. It, is. it really is. It's... But I think it's the state of the world, mate. Non-factual articles. I mean, it's it's scaremongering, and not at the highest order, but just pathetic, pathetic. Yeah, I mean, I did a I did a client's hair extensions yesterday, and uh, I hadn't seen her for about four months, and I recommended her a dose of like you know, uh, hair vitamins, and you know, obviously plenty of water, red meat. All of those things, and you know what? She's her her hair has improved no end in the last four months. Um, I can see it already because she didn't need as many extensions as as we normally put in. Do you know what I mean? Her hair looks thicker. It was more bouncy. It was vibrant. You know, I just think you know we are what we eat. You know, that's right. We are what we eat. 
I, I, I met this guy. I did a, I did a new client on uh, Sunday. I'm going to give him a shout, Doug. Right? It was mm. his birthday, and, and and his it was recommended. Him and his wife were recommended by by a sort of another guy. And I went to Putney and, and so like I met him, and I said to him, "Happy birthday, mate!" Yeah, I saw like and so that when we asked him, sir, I said to him, "How old are you?" He said, "I'm 69." In, in a lovely soft Scottish accent. I thought, whoa, I said, look, mate, I mean, I'm 63, I think I look amazing. He was 69, <laughs> right? He's, he's yeah. 69, he looked amazing, he looked terrific, right? I said to him, wow, yeah. I said to him, yeah, what is your secret, right? And this is a guy, right, who used to smoke 60 cigarettes a day, it's cut down to about 20 odd, okay? Yeah. He, 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 he sort of lived a life of substances, because he used to be a roadie uh, in, in the 60s. Yeah. And, and so he's a party yeah, animal. Exactly. And, you know, now he's going to manufacturing, you know, because his wife's uh, a buyer in in the in the rag trade and things like that. So, but he's really really content. And, he, and he's just still telling me this. Uh, and I said to him, "Are, are you double Jerry?" Because we, I, I had to. Have, he said, "I don't believe in it. I'm, I'm, I, I have been double jabbed yeah, purely because that it gives me access to business and things like that. So I could go back, backwards and forwards in, in, in his in his world." Of, in his world and and yet he says to me he's never ever been to a doctor in his whole life he does not have a gp to to say the least wow what do you glean from that then well mate? i believe right it's, it's psychological health is psychological i, I kind of think it is a guy right who's never, never been to a doctor's he's never been ill if he gets uh, a bit of pain he just gets up and has a cigarette <laughs> or, or or mm. you know he cycles um, once a week but he doesn't do anything sort of like spectacularly. So it is a state mm. of mind. I think health is a state of mind. It really mm. is a powerful. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you, mate. So, um, so yeah, so that's my under the bus this week. Hey, hey, just journal. Journal, under the bus. Hey, yeah, quality well, control, the content that you're putting out there. Um, you know, for me, it's just proof that experts are largely frauds. Right. As it, well. It, 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 you know, we don't need any more experts. Look at the state of the state of the world after all these experts got involved and starting telling us what's uh, how we should all live our lives. That, that's right. Climate change experts, well, you know, well, I, vaccine experts, well, medical experts. Which goes to what we were sort of how we started our show, right? You know, definition how the narrative's always changed, isn't it? You know. Mm. The, the, yeah, because I I heard they've just changed the definition of vaccine now, mate. They, uh, did you hear no, this? No. Yeah, no, they've, they've changed. So a vaccine no longer provides immunity to anybody. Now it provides you protection. This is a fact. You can go and have a look at this on the CDC website. They did this last year with herd immunity, where they changed the definition of herd immunity. Um, on In June, it said herd immunity was gained from um, natural uh, virus and from a vaccine. Then they just remove the na the natural transmission of a virus. So basically, you can only get herd immunity through vaccines. So that's what they did last year. This year, they've changed the definition of vaccine to something that gives you immunity to something that offers you protection. So basically, um, the COVID vaccines can, can be called vaccines because they only offer you protection now. So once again, this is what they do. They change definitions all the time. You've just got to be aware of it, um, you know, aware of it because... Like I say, it's um, all of this stuff is kind of part of the great reset. You know, they're trying to change language and 
trying to dumb us all down yeah, yeah. Uh, through ridicule and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Anyway, Joe, have you got anything else you you need to say? I think. Um, no, I think I saw. Sort of like I said, if any of our listeners got any scandals or or little tidbits that they want to sort of say, please get in touch because I I think I'd like to get more into this sort of like hairdressers scandals sure. scandals because. Um, it, it, it should be interesting because there's so much scams around in, in all in all industries but I just can't find anything in um, hairdressing that's that's what we in beauty there is as in beauty products mm. right but a, a haircut's a haircut I suppose I don't know <laughs> yeah also yeah if you've got any advice about the whole Dragon's Den thing for me yeah I'd love to yes. hear your experiences on Dragon's Den if any of you people in the hair industry have invented stuff and you know, just make me aware of, of what to expect. I mean, uh, I know my brother's uh, applied for it, for his new thing as well. So that's quite interesting. Oh, also, I've got some other breaking news as well. well it's not breaking news at all. Um, uh, but I've been talking to my old organisation, the MH Fed, and they've approached me with a really exciting idea. Um, so, um, yeah, watch this space on that one. That's going to be quite big if we can make that uh, happen together. It's like getting the band back together. Um, they've asked me to produce, a, um, yeah, a big event for them. So that should be exciting. Um, yeah, apart from that, mate, um, it's all good. Good to hear from you. That um, And, uh, yeah, let's not leave it two weeks next time because I can, I can literally feel in the comments people's withdrawal <laughs> symptoms. No, right, exactly. Okay, well, I'm free next week. All right, mate. All right. Good okay. stuff. All right, then, everybody. Thanks for today. Speak later. Thanks for listening. See you later, Joe. Right, bye, mate. Bye, bye. mate.